to Inner Bloom, a podcast about how to live a happier, healthier, more harmonious life as you learn how to work with the universe, reconnect with your intuition, and bloom from within. I'm Alexa, a writer, producer, and EFT practitioner with a passion for all things metaphysical. And with me is my friend and co-host, Ambie. I'm Ambie, a physical therapy assistant, mom of three, an intuitive medium who has been communicating with the spirit world since the age of five. Some might call it woo-woo, but from our perspective, anything is possible, and we intend to normalize the abnormal by sharing our own life experiences as well as intuitive insights, channeled material, wisdom from special guests, and any other resources we believe will help our souls expand and thrive. Hello, all you bloomers. Happy Friday. I'm Alexa. That's Ambi. What up? That's Christy. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and this is another Friday edition in our month of conscious parenting. Conscious parenting June. And June is flying the F by. Let me tell you what. I cannot believe it's it's basically almost over. Um But this is the third week in our Conscious Parenting series, and Christy Fernandez is here um, helping us out, giving us some downloads, answering some questions, giving Ambi some parenting advice. Making a better person. (laughs) And hi, Christy. How are you? I'm good. Good. Yeah. Surviving another week of parenting. (laughs) You made it another week. It's been a tough one parenting-wise. Well, yeah. I mean, the little one is teething, and then the older one, he just graduated pre-K. So it's like, yeah. So it's just like transition, a lot of transitions. Yes. What's that like to graduate (laughs) pre-K? Fun for them, I guess, right? (laughs) For me, it's just like a big, whoa, your kid is growing up kind of thing. Oh, it's that slow down moment. Yeah, it's one of those. I was kind of emotional going through baby pictures of him and stuff because I'm like I can't believe it (laughs) it goes into high school yeah yeah no it's so sad (laughs) it goes by too quickly it really does Mm -hmm. and the other one's teething yes and what's that like what do I have to look forward to yeah it's like no sleep he doesn't want to eat he doesn't know what he wants he doesn't want to be put down but he doesn't want to be picked up and it's just like oh it's like me this week yeah. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah. yeah. But with more crying. Yeah. A lot more crying. Yeah. yeah. So That's it's fun because like once you become a mom, like first time mom, super fun. Cause like you think like, okay, we're on a schedule now. We've I've got this shit, right? Mm-hmm. And then they start teething and the baby is like, hold up, bitch. Okay. <laughs> you don't know anything about my life or where I'm going. I don't want your life. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly it. Yeah. yeah. And so the whole schedule changes. Everything's different. You just got to write it out again. That's exactly. Like nine months. Somebody's got to make a TV show where like, you know that there's that TV show called Downward Dog. I don't know if you guys saw it, but it was like a couple years ago. It was on ABC where they made like like the – this girl and her dog, but the dog talked and it was animated and you could like hear what the dog was like thinking. I and, like, do think. remember that. God, okay. that was 
I actually hated that show. Oh, <laughs> I <really laughs> that show. But they need to make like a version of like a mom with her baby, but then like the baby talk. It's like Look Who's Talking. That yeah. was a movie. But they need to make a TV show because that would be funny as fuck. Like, because yeah. like, like the mom's saying, perspective. Like, yeah. Yeah. And then the baby's perspective yeah. of like, not today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Pick me back up. Exactly. <laughs> Pick me up. Yeah. Um, well, awesome. Congrats, everyone, for making it through another week. Um, <laughs> um, so today we are going to go – we got a couple questions from some listeners about parenting, and Christy's going to help us answer them. So, Christy, what is the first question? Yes. All right. Um, so the first question says, how do you balance your personal goals and your goals for your children? Love that. That's, That's a good, good question. question. That is a great question. Um, and Meaning, just to clarify, meaning mm-hmm. like, so how do you balance what your children want versus what you want for them? Is yeah, that right? I think so. But I also think they actually mean like what you want for yourself. Like our oh. podcast right yeah. now and tucking the kids into bed. Right. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Not a mom. Didn't get it. No, 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 but no. Actually, we could talk about your question too, right, Christy? Okay. Yeah, Christy for sure. We're on the same page tonight. <laughs> we are. We are. <laughs> no, totally. I mean, actually, I saw it from both angles because I was thinking about um, the way the question was worded um, made me think, like, what do you mean? Well, I would like, I would, li- would have liked to know what that person meant in terms of like your goals for your children, because. Mm-hmm. We, and that's something that we have to work on as parents, I think all the time is like that whole, and I think we touched on it last week, but that whole, like, uh, projecting your expectations onto kids, like to meet the goals that you didn't get to meet or that you were expected to meet and things like that. So, um, I think that is one side of that question, right? So for me though, I guess where we, me and Ambie are right now is like trying to find that balance of like, how do I remain my own person? while still being a good mom, right? Yeah. Ambie, is that where you're at? Every day. Yeah, same. <laughs> so every day. Every day. And for me, like, something I saw, to, I think today on social media actually was like um, the quote that said, you don't want to light yourself on fire to keep other people warm. Mm, yeah, that's powerful. I like that. So, and that's something that really resonated with me because I feel like as a teacher, I've, I felt that that burnout, like sacrificing yourself for other people and for other people's kids. Um, and I really don't want to feel that with my own children, but there are days when I do. So it's mostly like about taking that time to fill your own cup and in order to like give the best you can from yourself to your kids, it, you need to like be good with yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something I'm working on constantly. Um, just meditating when I can, when I can grab a few minutes here and there. Uh, a lot of the times it's like uh, washing the dishes and meditating <laughs> type of day. Different That's type of meditation. Of right. But it's still like kind of mindfully doing things that, that you can actually take your time for yourself, like to kind of get your own, you know, things in alignment before you um, try to do anything else for your kids. Because it's so hard to operate from that, like, uh, just like trying to be on a schedule and trying to, you know, 
get everyone else's needs met and then forgetting about yourself, it's really difficult. And that's when you start getting conflicts and that's when you start having arguments or where you react versus like being mindful of how you're speaking to your kids or how, you know, Mm. which then creates that rift in the relationship. Um, And it's something that honestly I, I deal with all the time. Today was one of those days for me. Like I know I've been trying to like fill my cup, but energetically things have been crazy. I feel like, so it's just been hard. And then I just unplugged for a few minutes and like had like a tickle attack with my (laughs) four year old like type of game. And like, I was able to let go. He was able to let go. And like, we were able to come back to kind of like, remember what we're doing all of this for. Cause that's the Mm -hmm. thing we get so caught up sometimes that we forget like what it's for or why. Sometimes um, I think we, I feel like we try to do it like once a week, maybe more, but in my house, we don't always get to eat dinner with each other, which is really sad because that's growing up. That's like something I really wanted for my family and it's become less important lately. But um, like tonight was one of those nights where I really didn't have anything going on around dinner time. So I turned on the music and we all had like a dance party while we were eating like mouthful of food and we're all just dancing around. My husband's like just standing in the corner, bobbing his head. <laughs> but you know, everybody's participating. So it's really fun. I've tried to record it a couple times, but then all the kids like shut down and like everybody's like, you're not going to get me on camera lady. Yeah. But yeah, I think um, having those releases. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And staying in the moment. And I feel like um, technology does kind of hinder that sometimes, mm-hmm. like the whole staying in the moment. Like there's so many times where I'm like, oh, do that again. It was so cute. Let me try to record it. Yes. <laughs> like, who are you recording it for? Like, that's such a, you know, ego. I'm recording it for my memory. <laughs> yeah, supposedly. But it's also for your, yeah. for your social media, for the likes sometimes, you know, we all kind of do it. But trying to, I've been trying to like stay in the moment my phone down that's been hard for me lately so yeah I feel you on that one I get that way with my dog (laughs) again I just keep bringing my dog into this my dog too I get that I got that way with my dog today he was he always like loves me and or the kids were chasing each other around the house tonight and he like perked up and he looked around and I was like what is it what is it Go get him. And then he jumped off the couch and he ran. And I was, I was just laughing. I was like, he is so crazy. Like, I don't know if it's. I have a crazy dog too. So, (laughs) (laughs) but sometimes I think like, man, I know this is morbid, but like, I don't know my, I feel like my perspective on death is a little different than most people. But like when I, when he's doing stuff like that, I'm like, man, I'm going to miss him when he's passed. When he leaves, I'm going to miss the crap out of that dog. I think about that all the time with my dog. Do you? Yeah. yeah. But I feel like if I, I think about it with my kids, I cry. So I try not to go there. Yeah, because you're not supposed to think I'm about not it with your kids. To, yeah, right? Because you like, know your I, dog is going to go before you. Yeah. Your kids are not supposed shirt. to. Yeah. Well, go ahead. Necessarily. Right. But I brought it down. Keep going. No. We're going to lift it back. <laughs> All right. Bringing it back. Um. Well, wait. Can we talk about the other side of this question? Yes. I mean, Christy, go. Sorry. (laughs) Well, yeah, all of us. So like, so the other side, which was the way that I interpret it, which was how do you balance what you want for your children 
versus what yeah. they want for themselves. Because like, for example, if like you want them to play a sport or something and like mm-hmm. they were like really not into sports, but like your dream, like I know like that my partner has like a dream of <laughs> playing football and he loves football or just some sport like hockey, but like he loves sports. Mm-hmm. So that's just one example. I mean, there could be a million examples mm-hmm. going to a specific school, like being in a play. Or I don't know. Class. Yeah, anything. Okay. So if the kid doesn't want to do that, how do you as a parent reconcile that? Because I feel like, and this is, I'm not a parent, but this is from my experience as a child. Sometimes the parents think that you, you're supposed to do something, but like that's not something that actually is resonating with you. Mm-hmm. But sometimes the kid just doesn't know and they're being scared, right? And it's actually like the parent wanting to help them stretch their boundaries or like expand. So what's your perspective on that? Yeah. Well, for me, it's a lot about communication. I mean, I think if you have a strong relationship with your child, like you should be able to communicate your reasons why and then also hear them out onto like why they might have some reservations. And then maybe you can help bridge that gap for your child. Um, I also think that if for some reason you're super attached to one thing, you might want to like revisit why and think about (laughs) what's going on internally there. Like, why are you so stuck on that? And what is that bringing up for you Um, as, as a person? Like a lot of times though, we fall into the roles, which we talked about um, before, like in, on the first episode, we talked about those roles. Like you think, I tell you what to do, you know, I'm mommy, <laughs> so I tell you what to do, but it's really good to listen to your kids and just remember that and at the end of the day, like our job is to guide them. They're, they are their, their own person. So like you want to guide them to be the best person that they can be and not necessarily a replica of you um, or someone that you're projecting all of your own insecurities onto. Because um, then that's, yeah, that's just going to be a struggle it's gonna ruin something for you guys you know maybe a relationship for you guys or you know build some type of resentment or breed some type of insecurities in them um and not let them feel like they can be their themselves or voice their own you know voice yeah but what if like the kids can i give you an example i have a real life example yeah, yeah. let's do a concrete so let's go back to therapy time with you. Um, so Oliver is three and we have a pool and he fell in the pool twice last year. Both times someone was very nearby. He did go under. It was a little scary. So not only have I brainwashed this poor child, which is this is a podcast for a different day, my friends, <laughs> into thinking that he cannot swim on his own, which has backfired tremendously. But I started to put him in swim classes. So he went to a swim class. He did not enjoy it. The swim instructor was very mean um, because he doesn't, I mean, if you, if you don't have children and you are teaching someone like my son, it's very frustrating because my son spit water in his face a couple times, but he's three. So he was doing it like to be funny. And he thinks my kid like has old man jokes. He thinks it's funny. So uh, the instructor got upset and my son is also very sensitive. So he didn't want to go back. 
So my me being the overbearing mom, I'm bribing him. I'll give you a donut, which is a very special treat to give you a donut. If you go to swim class, um, I will, what else did I say? I like, I don't know. Well, I forget what I said, but I was like, we'll do something else. If you go to swim class, please flipped out. Didn't even want to put his swim shorts on. Took him over to the room. I showed him like, look, you're, you're not going to die. Like you're fine. You're just in the water. I'm going to be right here. If you go under, I will grab you. I'm not going to do it. So finally I get him to put his shorts on, but I don't want to make him, I don't want to force him to do this. Right. Because I realized that I've already traumatized him enough because he's screaming. I can't swim without my wings. So I realized that I've told him so many times he can't swim without his wings that now I freaked him out. So I stand up by the pool. I tell him none of the other kids have wings on. They can't swim. You're learning how to swim. So if you fall into the pool, you're going to be okay. No, he's not having it. So now we have another swim class coming up on Tuesday and I am at a loss of words. Do I cancel the swim class and just keep his water wings on until he goes to college? Or like, what do I do at this point? It, I'm stuck between, I feel like I'm stuck between, I don't want to push him and force him to do something that he truly doesn't want to do. But in the same aspect, there's like a safety issue here because he, now he can get out of that, the house, he knows how to open the doors. So it would be safer for him to like, just kind of make him do the swim class and like push him into it. But that doesn't feel good to me. That feels icky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder if, because it's the same instructor, yeah? No, we switched oh. class. Um, Mama Bear came out a bit. <laughs> um, we switched classes. Um, it's a new instructor. He saw her. She was very nice, very sweet. He still did not want to go in the water. And that's when he was screaming, I can't swim. I can't swim without my wings on. So it feels like, it's like, um, I don't know how your kid is, but like when my kids don't want to do something, they just flat out don't want to do it. They'll give me like a reason and then I'll like overcome that objection mm-hmm. and then they'll give me another reason and I'll overcome that. And they just yeah. piling it on, you know? Yeah. So would he be able to wear his, sw- his little thing? No. Not He's at all. Allowed. Not allowed. Mm-hmm. Can't even wear goggles. They have to, you have to use their goggles and they don't have any water wings. Cause they're trying to teach them how to like go under the water. Yeah. But just, just to get scary. him comfortable in there. Yeah. Um, that's interesting because obviously he has a little bit of like a fear around it, I guess, from having fallen in. And then also you ingrained it in him not to, <laughs> not to go in without them. You do not go out without these. So, I mean, I'm, and I understand your side with the, you know, with the safety issue. Um, because if it was me, I would I would try to put it off a little bit and revisit, but I don't know how dangerous that might be. Because I, I do understand what you're saying. Because um, I wouldn't want to force him. He's I, honestly when they're that age and you try to force him to do something, you can't. <laughs> like, what do you? Yeah. I mean, you might waste your time. Like, I don't know if you want to keep saying like we're gonna keep going until you go into the water type of thing. But then mm-hmm. you're imposing, like you said, it doesn't feel right for you. Yeah. I wouldn't want you to not feel right either. Um, but like, cause I know my son went through something 
similar because we were, when we were living, I live in New York city right now, but we were living in North Carolina um, and we had a pool, mm-hmm. like a community pool that we would visit. And it went from, from age three to age four, for some reason, no more. He did not want to go in the water anymore. Mm-hmm. And it was like one of those things that we couldn't, there was nothing we can do, but kind of let him warm up to it. Eventually, like he saw us having fun and that kind of thing. And then he would go in, but it was like, you know, World War Three. if we were trying to like yeah. force him, like you can't, at that age, they're very stubborn, very strong-willed. So I think, I mean, the mo- I don't, that's a difficult one for me, honestly. It is, yeah. yeah. And like the, you know, the old me mm-hmm. with my 15-year-old, I would have thrown his butt in that pool <laughs> and said, good luck. I hope you can swim. Um, but again, trying to be a better person, better human, and take his feelings into consideration. But it comes into that mindset of like, I know what's best for you because I'm your mom. Like, mm-hmm. I'm a grown-up and you don't know what you need. I know what you need. So that's really interesting because, uh, for example, like going to college, right? Like this epiphany came to me the other day when I was talking to my kid, my oldest about like grades and I just kind of calmed down and I was like, you know what? If you don't want to go to college, you don't have to go to college. No pressure. I didn't go to college and I'm okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that like. I get it. Like, don't push your, you know, I'm the mom and you're the kid, but I might not know what's best for you. But like, I don't really know how to wrap my head around something like this because it is a safety thing. Yeah. And that's why I always say to go back to your why. Like, I don't feel like you're trying mm-hmm. to push him into the pool because you never learned how to swim. So now that's an area. <laughs> yeah, right. You know what I mean? So like, I feel like you do have a valid why. And I think that there's a, there's, a way to kind of do it gently, I guess pushing him in is not the way to go in my opinion, because I think that will just make it a little bit worse. But I do feel like, you know, priming him, talking about it. We do have this swim class on, on Tuesday, like we're going, you know, what I want to see, I want to see you get in the water. All the other little boys and girls are not going to have wa- uh, water wings. So mm-hmm. you can't either. And kind of just bringing it up and bringing it up. And then he can kind of mentally prepare for it. Mm-hmm. Um, things like that. Cause there, of course, there are times where we, you know, we know best because we have that reason. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my thing is when people, when parents decide that they want to do something without a reason and it's just, uncon- that's when it's unconscious, right? Like you're not thinking about it. It was just ingrained in you because ex- you know, that's how you were raised. Um, but knowing your reason, then you can kind of in an age appropriate way, you can prime him for it. You can talk about it. Um, bring it up. Like you said, rewards work sometimes because that's what we need for a three-year-old. Like they, they need an external motivator sometimes. Um, and then if all else fails, Daniel Tiger, <laughs> Daniel Tiger has videos for everything. Daniel Tiger. <laughs> yes. That's a good idea. They have videos for like every single thing. So you might find like Google it, Find see if there's a video of Daniel Tiger going into the water. There there is one, I know there's one about beach safety. So that could be something that sort of relates. Um I love it. Because he loves those videos. He loves watching all that crap. That's such a good idea. Oh my gosh, you're an expert. (laughs) Yeah, I mean 
Yeah, Daniel Tiger, he's the man. <laughs> he teaches the kids at all social emotional stuff. Like it's a really good resource. Yeah. And honestly, it's a really good resource for modeling like positive so, parents too. What'd you say? It's a good resource from for parents too to like um watch the way they parent. Because a lot of the times they're very like they keep their cool for everything. <laughs> the yeah, parents. Yeah. So it's like unrealistic. I feel like yeah. I mean, it's a cartoon in the end. Sometimes it sometimes it bothers my husband. Like, oh, the show again. What Caillou? Do you know what that Um, is? Caillou. No, we don't do Caillou in our house. No, we don't do Caillou either. No, No. he's the whiniest kid. I can't handle exactly the worst. The worst. Sorry, we got off on a tangent. Let's yeah. Okay. Go into the next question. Cool. Yeah. How about the next question? (laughs) Sure. Um. So the next question was around how do you um, ingrain discipline in mm. your child and meaning more like, I guess, like discipline in terms of like actually following through with things like being disciplined, I think was what they were asking. Such as such as like if I say this is going to happen, it actually happens. Yeah, yeah I'm really bad about that. Like, I'm not great about it. Yeah. I count to three like seven times. <laughs> well, I but so you count I, to I twenty-one. Do. <laughs> I do. It's like on three, I am serious. Yeah. One, yeah. two, I mean it, and then I just keep going. <laughs> and annoyed yeah, my husband so much. He's like, just put him in timeout. Yeah, he might do it. You don't know. Yeah, he might do well, what I want her to. So that's more like changing changing behavior right like so you're saying like on when you um encounter unwanted behavior right yeah when we count but i i realized through this um series and through behavior therapy that i'm not setting the expectations clear enough of what i'm expecting from them ahead of time right that was my yeah that's a that's a big one for me that's something that i think a lot of parents need to work on um because what I do is I let it build and build and then like they'll do something small and I'm like, oh, and I like lose it. And then everybody's like, what just happened? Mom lost her mind. Mm-hmm. Like the six other things that you've said to me earlier. So. <laughs> yeah, I can relate to that for sure. So, I mean, so what I was thinking about um, when it came to that, to changing behavior, um, the steps to doing that, like I was thinking about, um, looking at, and I always come back to the same thing, looking at the reason, (laughs) the reason the behavior um, is happening. A lot of the times, I mean, you, you can like talk to your child and find out why they're acting out. Um, Mm, But a lot of times you can't, right? So if you're in the middle of a tantrum, which with two, three-year-olds and even 12-year-olds have tantrums, like in their own way, um, I think the first step is to acknowledge what they're going through in that moment because kids feel their feelings like so much more magnified than we do because they tend to not be able to say what they're feeling. So That's what I was just going to ask you. What if they don't know what they're feeling? What if they can't vocalize that? So it's good for us to model it for them, right? So like, let's say my son, which this happens all the time, like we'll be in the store and he wants something, right? Even though we talked about not wanting, not buying anything, but we know how that goes. <laughs> we talked about it before, like the expectation is we're not going to buy anything for, for this. We're getting X, Y, Z. Um, but of course they'll see something and they're going to want it. 
So if he's flipping out, like I will say, I know you're frustrated because you want this toy. And mommy said, no. So that's just literally you're telling them what's happening in that situation so that he now has a, a word that he can use um, either right then and there. A lot of times he will re- like he'll repeat it or um, for the next time something happens. Um, so that's kind of like echoing that situation to him. Um, you're modeling the um, the emotion. Right. So you're telling me, I, I completely understand. Like, I know I've, I've been there. I know how it feels like when you want something and, and you can't get it. Like mommy's that's happened with mommy, too. So now you're building a connection by saying, like, I'm human. You're human. We both have felt this. Um, and then you can like reestablish that boundary. So you would say, but we said we're not going to buy anything, any new toys today. Mm. Now, they might still cry. They might still flip out. But now you've like clarified that situation and you've kind of given them the reason and you've given them the words to use when they're feeling that feeling. So just to clarify, you're not telling them this and expecting them to be like, oh, I understand. (laughs) You're telling them and expecting them to be like, I don't care. I want my toy. Mm -hmm. So this, okay. So this is just in a way um, establishing those boundaries Um, making them emotionally intelligent and like keeping that dialogue going of validating their exactly and then of course if in that moment it's like they're inconsolable which happens a lot with my son um you kind of just want to be there for them I understand like it's it's so easy to like get mad at them right right? but he's not necessarily just you know trying to disrespect you or something like that is just which is a lot of times what we feel like and we'll take it personally, but it's not that. Like he's literally dealing with an emotion that he maybe hasn't encountered before, doesn't know how to put words to. They don't understand money. Like what yeah. is money? What is yeah. this buying something? Um, so just being there for him in that moment, like I understand. Like I honestly usually am like the first to give him a hug and be like, I, I understand what you're feeling. I, I I know you don't like what you feel right now, but you know this is how we deal with it or whatever. Or like you know now is not the time. Um, and he's, he's still usually still crying, but, by but it's like by giving him the words, it has like taken away the power from that moment versus like getting into a tit for tat with a three-year-old, which is yeah. often what happens is then becomes a power struggle. And now they're like trying to outdo you and you're trying to outdo them and no one feels good. And everyone's just like, oh my God, I'm never leaving the house again. <laughs> That's what I say all the time. <laughs> like I'm never leaving the house. Yeah, we've all seen that mom or dad carrying their toddler like a football out of Target. Right. And then they're like they lost. Everybody yeah. lost in that situation. Exactly. That's a tough day. Exactly. Oh my God. I saw this this well, first I just want to say I got this really cool image when you were describing that, Christy, of like I just saw parenting in a whole different way. I was like, oh yeah, you're like you're literally like there for them like you're there for them through their fit because you're like I understand you're new to this planet and you're just learning about like you're experiencing like you said you're experiencing these emotions and it sucks like Mm -hmm. it's it's not fun but that's why I'm here I'm your mom like I'm here to be here for you through that as opposed to making it like you said like a competition or like like a power struggle or like a you're gonna do what I say and like stop crying because you know, it's almost like you're taking that part out of it 
and then you're just stepping in as like their guide. Like I literally saw it like a guide being there like, I know. And you'd be surprised how like disarming that is for kids. Like, because even as an adult, like when you're having like a moment and I'm sure as women, we all have that moment and our partners bear the brunt of it most of the time. So like, if that partner just starts yelling at you for feeling a certain way in the yeah. moment, what, you know, it's just going to cause like this huge issue, Yeah, you know? So like just holding space for your child, the way that you would want space held for you yeah. in a moment of like weakness, they just have, have them more often because they have no control over their environment. Yeah, We control mm, it for them. That's going to be frustrating too, mm-hmm. to be told when to do everything. Yeah. yeah. You know, sometimes I think about that. I'm like, geez, man. Well, it's like, sucks. I mean, think about it. It's like when you're just learning, you're like new at a job or something <laughs> like that. Like you're just mm. learning and then you have to, everyone's telling you what to do. And like at first it feels safe because it feels like, okay, I'm being told what to do. I know what to do. And then it feels overwhelming and then it feels like you're trapped and then it feels, and then you want to break out of that and grow out of that. And, I and I um and Christy, I feel like also like what you're saying is you're taking the ener- the emotional charge out of it for you. Like this is why tapping. So like sometimes someone will be telling me that like they have a huge issue with their parent or something, but that mm-hmm. their parent doesn't want to do any sort of healing or therapy or tapping or anything, and they want them to do it. I'm like, well, actually, if you just tap on it you, like me and you just tapped on it, on the issue with your mom, it would change things between you two because your emotional charge would be taken out of this situation and so things could shift. And it's the same thing. I'm just getting the image. It's the same thing with when you not only prime them, like you were talking about, like tell them, you know, tell them, okay, this is what we're doing. This is the deal ahead of time. Tell them what you expect. And then you you do the process that you were talking about of like actually being there for them and, you know, holding space for them. It's like you're taking the ener- emotional charge out of it for yourself by – you've already set the expectations. You're not letting yourself be pulled into that. And therefore, your those emotions, you don't let them come into it, which takes a lot of the emotional charge out for the kid because the kid's picking up on – the child is oftentimes picking up and just reacting to the emotion mm-hmm. of the parent, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and I mean, I've seen it work for every age, I would say, because even as a teacher, that was something that I had to work on. As I, like, I remember my first year of teaching was really difficult because I had – a hard time, like, uh, depersonalizing everything they said, you know, and it, and it's middle schoolers, so they're going to be honest, yeah. you know, and they're mean. Middle yeah. schoolers are, are brutal. So if you want to know about yourself, go to yeah. a room full of <laughs> For real. They are, they'll tell you. They don't care. They do yeah. not care. So, like, at first I would react, you know, I would take it personal, and, like, now you're bringing your own, you know, frustration you know your own insecurity and all that stuff into that and now you're you're having a power struggle with a kid you know and that's something that like parents do all the time and they don't they want to like tame it out of their kid but now do you have a child who's like completely shut off from you emotionally and like doesn't want to show you anything any side of them at all because they have been told that it's not good exactly yeah so that's where you build that bridge uh, yeah, that's how you build, build that bridge by allowing them to feel their feelings. Like, 
we all have those moments. A lot of times we expect more from our kids than we expect from ourselves. Like we have rough days and no one's telling us like you better be happy and stop crying. <laughs> like Right. Yeah. So we, you know, you want to give your kids that space too. That would actually really be shitty if you were really upset and your friend was like, stop crying, being a baby. Mm-hmm. And not only stop crying being a baby, like go to your room until you yeah. your face and like all these like things that people like punishment. Say. Yeah, being yeah. punished. Mm. I remember my parents would mind you, I threw some fits because I did <laughs> not like in public places, like real bad. Cause I I think I was very energetically sensitive, but I didn't know it or couldn't explain it. And I just didn't like the way things felt. And then I would just Nothing would make me happy and they would just get so fed up with me because I would just drive them crazy. And finally, they would just – when I would have my meltdowns, I think they would just start ignoring me, which was – which made me feel off. Like, I mean, I love them. Like, they didn't do anything wrong. I'm just saying that that at that point, when you've hit that point, you're already throwing a tantrum. You're in freaking meltdown mode and then your parents just start acting like you're not there. Oh, my God. (laughs) I lost my shit. I yeah. lost my shit. Uh-uh. But, yeah. You know what Riley used to do Why we're telling funny stories? He said, <laughs> oh, we're telling funny this stories. little jerk, he was like four, and he realized that if he like fell, I'm using air quotes, people that don't watch the YouTube, um, if he fell in public, he would get attention. Not just from me, but from other people. So he would like fall and then he'd be like, oh, I fell down. And I'm like, no, you didn't get up. And then he'd start crying. And I'm like, <laughs> and so I would like walk away, but I'd be like right there, but he could, I'd be like behind the shelf or something. Right. And then he, he, I remember him like looking for me one time and I'm like, I'm right here. I see that you're okay. Come on, let's go. <laughs> and then um, there was another time where he fell and he was like, you don't even care that I fell? And then these people walked by and I just looked at him and I was like, keep it moving, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to do with you. Yeah. So, it's fine. <laughs> no really smart. <laughs> well, doesn't Bryn do that now? Oh, yeah. um, Bryn doesn't necessarily like well, she does like, yeah, she over exaggerates her fall, not in public because she doesn't like to make a scene. She's very self aware, like, um, in public, doesn't give a fuck at home, but <laughs> very self aware in public. Um, in fact, I was going to ask you, Christy, mm-hmm. I've noticed that she'll tell me a story and I'll acknowledge her and I'll say, wow, that's really neat or cool, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And she'll tell me it again. And I'm like, mm. That's cool. And then I, she tells me again, and I literally will be like, what response are you looking for? Right. Oh, well, I'm actually dealing with that with my son, too. He's the same way. How old is she? Six, right? Six. Yeah. yeah. It, like, actually, it, like, I've noticed that it, like, flips me out. It's, like, a trigger for me for some reason. And it's like that with older people. People might, like, it does not it matter. happen right before. in a row? Oh, it happens right in a row. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, so yeah. What are they looking for? I don't know. That's the question. I have no is idea. it just like being hyper and being like, mommy, guess what? Da, da, da. Or is it just straight up like the same fucking story three times <laughs> over and over and over? Yeah. I and then you're like, 
like I remember reading somewhere that like if you put your hand on your child's shoulder, it like validates them. Mm, so I tried maybe. that with Riley and it didn't do anything with Riley. Um, he doesn't like to be touched. That's a good call. Um, touche. <laughs> Um, but like with um, Bryn, a lot of the times it's in the car, so I can't reach oh. back there. Like I understand you, right? Because it's not safe. So I was just curious if you had any advice for that one. No, I mean that's a great question. My son does the same thing. It's like a, a look, a need for approval, right? Like he yeah. wants a specific. Same thing. He does the same thing. Like he repeats it over and over. And I just, I'm like, I heard you the first time. Like, <laughs> yeah. But if I want, and I guess if you're driving, obviously you're distracted at that moment. So maybe it is like a, a specific type of interaction that they're looking for. I honestly, I'm not sure though with that one because my son does the same thing. All right. Well, if you discover it, get back to me. I mean, now that I think about it, he usually does it when I'm like uh, busy with the baby. Now that I think about it. So maybe it's um, some kind of distraction. Yeah. So like, are you really acknowledging their story? Right. A lot of times we aren't, right? Because we're like, okay, okay. Yeah, that's cool. Kind of thing. And I'm like changing a diaper or whatever. So then he's yeah. like, he'll say it over and over again. And so like, he knows that I'm actually engaged. They pick up way more than we do. Like, yeah. what, you know, what we're. Or maybe we had like an inappropriate response. Like, I've done that before. Like, I've told someone a story. Right. And I expect the response to be like, no way. And the response is like, okay. And I'm like, you didn't hear what You I weren't listening. <laughs> Let me I, tell you again. That happens with my husband all the time. I'm like, you weren't listening. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, so maybe they just don't know how to be like, you're not listening. To me. Right. So they're just going to repeat it until we get it. Okay. Yeah. Good. Hey, that helped me. I'm glad we guys both just got that together. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, Ambie, I got in when you first told the story about Oliver and the wings. Yeah, I it made me think actually even before you brought up Riley tripping of Bryn and what she does. Right. Um. God help me. Well, just wanting, but what was my point? Just, just wanting like. Like his his reason is like, no, I can't do it without my wings. And he knows that that's the thing that will – I mean, maybe I'm just stating something obvious. Maybe I'm just stating something obvious. But it's like – because Ollie's super adventurous. Yeah, he is. So it's like something that he's using that as like the tripping thing or I don't know. It's mm-hmm. like he's using that as like he needs his wings. But what he really needs is like you, I think. He needs. I can't go in the water with him. I know, but like there needs this is something he's got to do on his own. No, no, I know. I'm just saying, like I think he's like. I'm just picking. Never mind. No, I like it. Keep going. You're doing. No, I was just saying, like underneath, he's asking for something else. I'm not saying that like he can have the thing, but maybe there's a way to like figure out like what he's actually asking for, and then use that to give that to him in a way that then can make the bridge. I mean, I've tried, I've told him, like, I'm literally next to the pool. Would you be able to, um, like, get him in your pool, with, like, holding him without the wings? Before? I'm going to try that this weekend. Okay. Um, he's very fearful of it again. I've done a real good job brainwashing him. <laughs> um, so he's very fearful of it. And he'll, he'll even, be, God, he's so cute. He's like, don't drop me. Don't let me go. And I'm like, why would I do that? 
you're going to sink if I drop you. I would never do that to you. So um, little underlining trust issues there. But you know what's interesting if we're just going to go a little woo-woo and spiritual mm -hmm. is that um, when we drive over bridges or any kind of body of water, he freaks out and he says we're all going to drown and he loses his shit. I was just going to ask if this might be like a past life. Thing. Yeah. So maybe he like drowned in a past life and he's having memories of like, I don't know. But when he like went into the water, like, it's frustrating because when he doesn't have his wings on, I tell him don't go by the pool and he'll like put his hand in the water, bend over. And I'm like, what are you doing? What are you, what are you doing? Get it together, homie. Come on. So, okay, enough about me. I'm going to edit this out. Let's keep going. No, you're going to edit this out? <laughs> <laughs> I'm editing all the video now, okay? Yeah. I know what I'm doing. Yeah, he's our new ed video so editor. Oh, nice. <laughs> I'm really not. I just marked the time. That's video editing. But this is getting marked. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> no. Um, no, I mean, that that was all I had. Anything else related to this question? I feel like this, these were both really good questions. Thank you to whoever asked these. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you know what? I do have one more thing related. Mm -hmm. yeah. So another example of like not disciplining, but like um, seeking, feeling like um, going back into what you want and what your kids want, right? Mm -hmm. Um. When I was younger, I was in gymnastics. I was in gymnastics for, I don't remember, a couple of, I don't remember how many years. It's irrelevant, but I was never, I only did competitions for one year. And then I got a concussion. My mom got scared, blah, blah, blah. So my point is that I have always thought like, if I would have stayed with gymnastics, I would be like an Olympian. I wouldn't be. Okay. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but perhaps I would have done more. So, but because I told her I didn't want to do it anymore after one little concussion, I wish that she had like made me do it more and pushed me now that I'm older and I see like the potential. So how do you know as a parent or is it just a flip of the coin? You don't know. I mean, I feel like you don't know. <laughs> That's one of those things you have to kind of come to terms with. Um, what, what I think about is like, the healthy like having a healthy sense of detachment to the outcome because at the end of the day like all you can do is like do your best to like instill your morals and your values and whatever it is that you want your children to to put forth into the world and you kind of can just do the best you can to put that in them and then hope for the best to be honest because at the end of the day it is a flip of the coin like we never really know mm -hmm. what we're gonna get also, like, I mean, I feel like parents can do their best, but if the ch child is really resistant at that point, it's like it's not going to be – it's not going to – it's not going to work out for them at that point anyway. And it'll right. come back around later. Like for me, I mean, when I was younger, my parents, I have vivid memories of my parents taking me out to dinner to tell me, they're like, we've made a decision. You are going to join a chorus. I think that some sort of like choir or something like they wanted me to sing because they said that I hadn't picked – I would started and quit so many things that they were picking something for me. 
Yeah. And I remember that during this time that they were doing this, I was going through intense social anxiety. Like I mm-hmm. intense. Like I when they told me this, you would have thought they were like sentencing me to prison. I cried <laughs> so funny. hard. I cried so <laughs> hard. I remember where we were, everything. And I just I remember the feeling in my body still. It just was felt like they can't do this to me. Like this is the this is my worst nightmare. Mm. And um That's and gotta then, be really scary though. Yeah, because like for but to them they were and I get it. To them they were like you you need to like be with other people and you need to like express yourself and you need to have like an extracurricular activity. But for me, it was like I don't want anyone to see me. I don't want anyone to hear me. I can't be with other people. Like I just have so much social anxiety. Whatever. I they didn't end up making me go. Um, but anyway. There were other things they wanted me to do. They wanted me to write. They wanted me to act more. They wanted me to. They wanted me to perform. They wanted me to express myself because they knew that's what I like to do. But I wouldn't yeah. do it. And now I'm 32, and now I've enrolled myself in all mm-hmm. these things. Now I'm doing improv. Now I'm doing screenwriting. Now I'm doing all this stuff. And so I guess my my take on that is like. I feel like as a parent, you can you can try and you can push and maybe it'll work, but or maybe it's just not the right time and maybe it'll come back around at a different time in that child's life. Yeah, with gymnastics, like mm-hmm. that's a little different because like your body is at a state, you know, at a prime state at a I'm not time. Be- but I feel that way too. I quit gymnastics too when they asked me to compete. Yeah. I didn't want to compete and so I quit and I've always loved gymnastics and I've always had that thought, what would happen if I stuck with it? But yeah. I feel like it all comes back around mm-hmm. for you in another way. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as parents, I mean, I know we obviously we want the best for our kids, but we, we do have to remember that there's no like one set way to, to be successful. And like, that's something we need to learn for ourselves too. Um, and I think a lot of times, I mean, our kids might come up with ways to be successful that they can't even, you know, that we can't even fathom right now. Like, yeah. Even like, look at YouTube. Right. I mean, for my parents right now, they're like, what's a podcast? What's happening? Like, I don't understand what what you're doing. Like, so for them, it's like something that they don't understand at all. But, you know, they just know that I'm happy to do it and I'm getting my message out. So they're happy about that. But they don't understand it. Um, And if they would have pushed me to do something else, like, then maybe I wouldn't get to the point where I am now, you know, so it's just like a matter of it's it has to be like a balance i think it's like a healthy balance of like motivating trying to be there for your child and kind of pushing them in that sense like when they're in their comfort zone but like but doing so in a way that also takes into account what they what they might be thinking or feeling and then also i feel like using your life experience is a good way to motivate your kids sometimes too you know like letting them know yeah yeah, letting them know, like, you know, I kind of went through something like this and I wish I would have kept going. So, you know, I want more for you type of thing than what I was able to do. And that's kind of, I guess that's how our parents raised us, where they would, like, you know, keep trying to motivate us, like, to get our education and to do our, our things because they didn't have the opportunity to do those things. So, yeah, yeah. sometimes it felt like they were really overbearing about it. But then it's like, I going back now, like, thinking about it now, like, I know that it like for them it, they didn't have that opportunity at all so it makes sense for them to want that for us yeah. you know definitely so i think it's a, a balance i think balance the answer to everything to everything <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Chrissy, for being here again with us. And uh, if you're listening and you have questions about your children or parenting or anything in the realm, send uh, send them this way. You can email us at innerbloompodcast at gmail.com or write in our private Facebook group, Inner Bloomers on Facebook. Um, Christy, where can people find you? Yeah, um, Christy at empathmom.com and check out the blog, empathmom.com as well. Some tips and stuff on there to stay in alignment um, and try to be your best self for for your kids and for yourself. (laughs) Yeah, for your sanity. (laughs) For your sanity, (laughs) exactly. Literally, Ambie, every time you talk, I just see Marilyn Monroe. (laughs) (laughs) Ambie's hair is super Marilyn Monroe tonight. Yeah. Can I say one more thing really quick? Yeah. So I just want to say that um, last time Christy messaged me privately and was like, hey, might want to ask your son if it's okay. You told everybody about his personal stuff. And I was like, you know what, Christy? That's really thoughtful. I should do that. So I asked him and he was like, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> okay. Cool. Good. <laughs> He's like, do I uh, know anybody that listens to your podcast? And I was like, probably not. I would be shocked. And he's like, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> cool. Okay. Good. So I just wanted everybody to know that you got the. Permission. I care about what people think about me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good. That was good. That's good advice. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, respect them, but yeah. it was a nice reminder, Christy. So thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Well, no, thank you, Christy, well. for being here. And um, oh, let us thank our Patreons real quick. Whitney Kanika, Tiffany Polito, Tammy Lip, Sheena Bowen, Sean Doe, Shannon McCoy, Sarah Meehan, Renee Hart, Priscilla Marquez, Nike, Mimi Abnetter, Maribel Amunsi, Mandy Ford, Lisa Perez, Kim Bartelt, Kelly M. Bates, Kasha Boshnevich, Carrie Mayweather, Jamie Witch, Jimmy McMahon, Jamie Edwards, Heather Kiefer, Grace, Dana McFadden, Cheyenne Carol, Charmsey Foster Mama on Instagram, Kara Miranda, Bex Boo, Amelia Stevenson, Alex Latiri, Alex Anderson, Adonica Haskell. You guys are awesome. We love you so much. And you rock my socks. You rock our socks. <laughs> Thank you guys again for, sure. for having me again. Of Thank course. You. We'll We're going to have you one more time. Yes, one more time. We will have wait, you wait. one more time. Are we? Yeah, next yeah. Friday. Next, next Friday. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Next Friday. Good. It's all. Can't believe so, it's all over. <laughs> it's all, it's all over. All June. No, June. June flew by, man. Seriously. Um, All right. Well, hope you all have a beautiful weekend and keep on blooming. Bye, everybody. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we would love, love, love it if you would give us a rating and review on Apple iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. If you'd like to get in touch for a reading with Ambie, an EFT session with Alexa, or just to say what up, we would love to hear from each and every one of you. And you can email us at innerbloompodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at innerbloompodcast. Until next time, remember, open your heart to the seeds of love and light and bloom from within. 